And here we go. Um, it was truly a masterpiece. I don't know about all that. Ugh, absolutely the worst movie ever. Hands down, bar none, the greatest action spectacular ever. Well, uh, the other one just stuck them up. Are you asking me? I promise I'm not going to sing this time around. Welcome to Don't Be Crazy Podcast. I'm Justin Cavender. With me as always, Mr. Zachary Rancourt. Here we discuss and dissect what makes a film absolutely amazing. Oh my gosh. Or just pure rubbish. All that we ask of each other is don't be crazy. Don't be crazy, Zach. This is Yakov Smirnov. <laughs> <laughs> In Russia, we have no money. That's <laughs> so good. <laughs> That's He's a like, fun one. Bobby's pretty funny. So, but uh, hi, Justin. I give you twenty dollars American. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Uh, how's it going? I'm good. No, 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 no regrets. <laughs> no regrets. No complaints. No regrets. No complaints. I am glad that it is Friday. I know. Gotta get down on Friday. I've had a long, a long week, a taxing week, and I, I don't want to say that I'm stressed. Uh, because I was able to get off the throttle just before I blew. So all is well. Good. Yeah, you yeah. gotta lay off that sauce off of yeah. uh, Grandpappy's old cough syrup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Well, that's good. That's good to hear. I had a, we- a long week, but I'm also ready for the weekend. I'm gonna go snowboarding tomorrow and uh, ready for some football this weekend. Football's day. And then just kind of hang out. So, yeah. Nice. I know some right? stressful games last weekend. That was insane. I was driving home on Sunday for that Chiefs Bill game, and I was in and out of service down in like you know southern or southern Washington, I should say. So I had to listen to that on the radio. But I was going about ninety to try to get to a, a, an area that had reception because it was such a good game. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, they were good though. Southern Washington, more like Northern Oregon. Am I right? All them hippies. No, Shit. no. I believe your wife is from that area. So, <laughs> oh, oh yeah, <laughs> she's on the peninsula. Yeah, somewhere around those pots. <laughs> she's out by the Twilight folk, the Forks, <laughs> the La Push. I don't know about yeah. that. Uh, but yeah, cool man. What have you been watching? I watched a few different things. I watched Showgirls, the Paul Verhoeven film. I'd actually never seen it before. It's I thought terrible. I had, and I haven't. Um, it wasn't that, that bad, actually. It's pretty bad in the sense of acting and, and other it's things. Uh, it's a It's literally an NC-17 movie, which is crazy. Lots of nudity, but also I think it's a little bit smarter than what people give it credit for, um, and they <laughs> it just shows how men are awful, but I, I, um, yeah, I, didn't, I didn't mind it, honestly. Then I watched. It's a uh, Versace. It's a Versace. I like that. <laughs> I watched The Longest Yard, the Adam Sandler version. Um, I have been watching King of the Hill. I've been leaving that on in the background, and that's been fun. I started rewatching Casino again, or I guess I rewatched it. And then I uh, jumped on Peacemaker, and it's okay. I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, I haven't really laughed much, but you know what? It is what it is. So I like how it's filmed. Though, and it, it takes place in Washington, except they call it Evergreen. Right. Yeah. What about you? Uh, let's see. I watched Blue Chips. I watched the Hobbit trilogy. I watched Eight Mile because I thought we were going to do that movie. <laughs> and then <laughs> I watched uh, Peacemaker. I actually really like it. Uh, I'm all caught up. I love it. I think it's funny. I can't stop laughing. I really like the intro. I think it's fun. 
It's different. I like how they dance. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like uh, arms up. But yeah, I, I think it's I think it's great. I, I'm, I'm laughing quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and then I watched the never ending story. Did you eat a green apple and read it upstairs in the attic? <laughs> no, I didn't do any. It's the only part I remember. Well, I remember other parts of that movie, but that was the part I vividly remember. He's, he's in like the attic of the school, though. So yeah. it's kind of weird. I know. And he like wants to eat the whole apple, but he says he has to save it for the journey. And I'm like, who cares? Just eat it. <laughs> right. You know, weird I don't think kid. you're supposed to ration. You're supposed to just go to town. Yeah, especially on Granny Smith apples. <laughs> I think it would have been funny if there was just corpses of like other dead kids up there. Because the <laughs> yeah. they couldn't finish the story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Uh, Jack Black is in the third one. Have you I ever seen the third one? No. I saw he, the second one. It was terrible. He has a unibrow and he's part of a group called the Baddies. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> so so in, in the first one, the guy that uh, rides the bat. He's like one of my favorite characters because he calls everyone a nutcase. <laughs> He's like, what is this guy? Some kind of nutcase? That <laughs> 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 made me laugh. Nice. I thought it was funny. There's this one part where after after Atreyu fought that wolf guy, uh, Gwark or whatever his name is, I don't know, mm. but um, the Fantasia is all destroyed and they're just kind of flying around in outer space. And he's like, do you think the ivory tower is still standing? And he's like, let's hope so, kid. And then he's like, let the Orin guide you. He's like, Ivory Tower, if you still stand, take us there. <laughs> and then I was like, like, in my, I didn't even skip me. I'm sitting in myself and I'm like, continue to the root. <laughs> and then they find the Ivory Tower in like two seconds. <laughs> it was so dumb, but it was fun and fitting. But maybe nice. laugh. And hey. then uh, just some real quick house cleaning. Last week, I was talking about movies that we, we did uh, The Last Duel. And uh, I was talking about how I had only been to the movies a couple of times. And I mentioned uh, Bond, No Time to Die, Dune, uh, Spider-Man Scream. And I totally forgot about Shang-Chi and Rocky IV, The Sly Cut, and Ghostbusters Afterlife. So oh, I'm alive. Yeah. I, I actually went quite a few times <laughs> towards the one September hit with, with uh, Labor Day weekend with Shang-Chi. Uh, so that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven movies. I saw, and the duel was not the last duel was not one of them. Wow! So, yeah, I got called out. I got a text saying, "Hey, you liar! You forgot about <laughs> Shang Chi." You're a little liar, Danny. I know. <laughs> I felt bad. I was like, "Oh yeah, and Rocky. Oh yeah, and Ghostbusters." Yeah. So I apologize. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, but this week, uh, in the spirit of the Winter Games. We are going to be doing Miracle from 2004, directed by one Gavin O'Connor, who you might know from the movie Warrior, which we did on this show. Love that movie. Jane Got a Gun, not to be confused with Aerosmith's Jane's Got a Gun. (laughs) And The Accountant, which is more than numbers. It's guns and bullets and things. Yeah. A A lot of Ben Affleck. (laughs) Yeah, a lot. Written by Eric Guggenheim. What a great last name. <laughs> the cast includes Kurt Russell, Patricia Clarkson, Nathan West, Noah Emmerich, Kenneth Welsh, Eddie Cahill, Patrick O'Brien Dempsey, Michael Men I'm sorry. Mantenuto. Michael Mantenuto and Kenneth Mitchell. Sorry. I can't read. There you have. Yeah, I pushed and you pushed and you pushed. I can't read. <laughs> uh, so there you have it. Quite the cast. The critical reception, it was it's pretty good. I think it was 81% on the Rotten Tomatoes there. 
Uh, 90 for the audience score, so that's impressive. And uh, Jeffrey Overstreet from Looking Closer is not a fan. He says it takes a wonderful story and transforms it into by-the-numbers entertainment that doesn't show us anything new about hockey or this historic event. I don't think I understand what would be new (laughs) about hockey. (laughs) The revolutionizing the game. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, they're going to put skates on so that they can (laughs) slide around the ice better. (laughs) I thought that was kind of a weird, weird review. I don't know what you're looking for. So um, let's see here. Nick Shager from Lessons of Darkness says, believe in the greatness of Kurt Russell. I believe. Mm -hmm. He is my Patronus. Uh, Ed Park from Village Voice. Which I think is free. The paper. <laughs> it might not be. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like it is. Uh, Russell is it's not even important. But Russell is terrific as Coach Herb Brooks. <laughs> but yeah, I think the Village Voice is free. I don't know why I know that. Uh, anyway, uh, that's it for Critical Reception. There's tons of positive reviews. Only that one negative one. So that's kind of sad. But at least published on the old Rotten Tomato meter there. Uh, the budget was $28 million. It grows 64.3 million here in the United States. Opening weekend was February 8th, 2004. And it pulled in, uh, nearly $20 million at 19.3 worldwide. You're looking at a $64 million money maker. Not too shabby. Wow. That, uh, is pretty close to when we, um, when this episode posts February 8th, it'll be the 20th, 18th anniversary. Crazy. 18 years, man. It's a long, long time. 22 so, goddamn fucking years. I was going to say 18 goddamn fucking years. <laughs> uh, so here's some trivia. Kurt Russell, he took a pay cut. So the 800 to 1,000 extras used as the fans at the hockey game could enjoy a hot meal instead of a brown bag lunch. What a guy that Kurt Russell at Pork Chop Express. Over 280 miles of film were shot more than any other Disney movie. I don't know what i don't know how to relate that to anything else i'm just gonna say that's a lot of film so yeah so when we had to shoot stuff on uh 16 i think it was like 100 feet was like three minutes 100 feet is three minutes yeah it's a long time i mean it was for the film that we were using i don't know what it is now or what size it was for them but yeah, <laughs> you, never, you never know with that inflation for film, right? <laughs> well, no, I just I, I mean, that was 20 years ago. So, I mean, I, so, I don't know what well, this movie was 18 years. So it's probably that matches up. Yeah, but I didn't shoot on what they shot on. So I no, don't true. Know. Sorry, that's OK. Yeah. Well, while Al Michaels, Al Michaels joined the film to recreate commentary for the games, Gavin O'Connor decided to use the last 10 seconds of Michael's original. Do you believe in miracles? Call in the film because he felt he couldn't ask him to recreate the emotion he experienced at that moment. Thus, they cleaned up the recording to make the transition to the authentic call as seamless as possible. I really enjoyed that part. The young men chosen to portray the members of Team USA were chosen primarily for their hockey skills due to the intense nature of the filming. Acting ability was secondary. In fact, for most of them, this was their first major film. They took the Armageddon approach, where you can train drillers how to go into space, not train astronauts how to uh, drill. So Train astronauts to be in movies. Yeah. They you were go. all real astronauts. <laughs> Especially Bruce Willis. <laughs> He's been in the moon five times. <laughs> He's been five diehards and you believe that? That's so stupid. (laughs) It didn't. It didn't fall. I saw it. I saw it last night. Did (laughs) you? 
<laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not going to see that movie. I'm oh saying my I, God. I looked up in the sky and saw the moon. Oh, I really want to watch it, man. I, I'm so excited. I like all that guy's <laughs> Talk oh, about guilty man. pleasure. Roland oh, Emmerich. Man. Is it Roland could, Emmerich? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. I can do that shit all day long. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know about all that. So um and then finally Buzz Schneider is portrayed by his son, Billy Schneider, and that's really cool. He gets to play his dad. I think that's neat. Okay, here is a synopsis for the 2004 film Miracle. This is a spoiler-filled uh synopsis. So if for some reason you haven't seen it, sorry. <laughs> but Herb Brooks, head ice hockey coach at the University of Minnesota, interviews with the United States Olympic Committee for the national team's coach coach's job. Uh, Discussing his philosophy on how to beat the Soviet team, calling for changes to the practice schedule and strategy. The USOC is skeptical, but ultimately gives Brooks the job. Brooks meets his assistant coach, Craig Patrick, at the tryouts in Colorado Springs. Brooks selects a preliminary roster of 26, indifferent to the preferences of senior USOC hockey officials after only a day. Needing to cut the roster to 20 before the Olympics, he convinces USOC executive director Walter Bush that he has their their best interest at heart. Bush reluctantly agrees to take the heat from the committee for Brooks's decision. During the initial practice, tempers flare as forward Rob McClanahan and defenseman Jack O'Callaghan get into a fight based on college ri- rivalry. Why do you want to play college hockey? Uh, Brooks allows the fight to go on so they can uh, get the bad blood out of their systems. And then he bluntly tells all the players that they are to let go of old rival rivalries and start becoming a team. He then calls for introductions and the players each tell their name, hometown and which team they play for. As practice continues, Brooks uses unorthodox methods to reduce the roster down to 20 players. The players themselves worry about being cut at any time, knowing that Brooks himself was the last player cut from the 1960 Olympic hockey team that won the gold medal, so he will do anything to win. During an exhibition game against Norway in Oslo that ends in a 3-3 tie, Brooks notices the players are distracted and not playing up to their potential. After the game, he orders them back on the ice for a bag skate. For a bag skate? I don't know, that's what it's called. Brooks has them skate from one end of the ice to the other several times, doing, in other words, his infamous Herbies, as the team would call them colloquially. Um, I, think it's, I think it's called herpes, and it's a sexually transmitted <laughs> need to go disease. to the doctor then and get some ointment. <laughs> so, continuing the drill, even after the rink manager cuts the power. Exhausted, forward and team cap- captain Mike Ruzioni reintroduces himself in the same manner from the initial practice and cries out that he plays for the United States. Getting the answer he wanted all along, Brooks finally tells the players they are done. Eventually, the team comes together with the players thinking of themselves as a family representing the United States. With this roster finalized, just before heading to Lake Placid, the Americans play the Soviets in an exhibition game at Madison Square Garden. The Soviets manhandle the young American team, winning by a score of 10-3. to During the game, O'Callaghan receives an injury that could keep him out of the entire Olympics, and starting goaltender Jim Craig is shockingly told he may be benched in favor of backup Steve Janizek. Uh, Brooks tells him he isn't he hasn't been giving his very best and ultimately decides to keep Craig as a starter for the Olympics as the 19. This is a really long synopsis. As the 1980 Winter Olympics begins, the Americans trail Sweden two to one in the first game. Brooks fires up the team during an intermission by throwing a table and accusing an injured McClanahan of quitting. McClanahan ends up playing despite his injury, which inspires the team. Bill Baker scores a goal with less than a minute remaining in the third period for dramatic 2-2 tie. They then follow up with a 7-3 win over heavily favored Czechoslovakia. As the, Olympi- as the Olympics continue, the team defeats Norway, Romania, and West Germany to earn a spot in the medal round. The Americans are considered overwhelming underdogs to the Soviets in the first medal round game. 
The game begins and the Soviets score the first goal. Then O'Callaghan, having healed enough from his injury, enters the game for the first time. He makes an immediate impact by heavily checking Vladimir Krutov on a play that leads to a goal by Buzz Schneider. The Soviets score again to retake the lead. In the final second, Soviet goalie Vladislav Tretiak stops a long shot by Dave Christian, but Mark Johnson gets the rebound and scores with less than one second left in the period. During the first intermission, Soviet coach Viktor Tikhonov replaces Tretiak with backup Vladimir Mishkin. In the second period, the Soviet scores a goal to go up 3-2. to two. Early in the final period, the Soviet team is called for a penalty for slashing, putting the Americans on a power play. Johnson scores his second goal of the game just as the penalty is about to expire. Later, Eruzioni puts them ahead 4-3 to three with 10 minutes left. The Americans hold off the Soviets to win the game, completing one of the biggest upsets in sports history. Two days later, the team would go on to defeat Finland 4-2 to two to win the gold medal. The movie ends with Brooks uh, staring out over his team with pride as the entire team crowds together on the gold medal platform. Before the credits, the film is dedicated to Herb Brooks, who unfortunately died right before principal photography was finished and states, he never saw it, he lived it. That is a miracle. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Good Ice skating. Go see a lot of ice skating. Yeah. Cherokee Jack teaches him how to ice skate. (laughs) (laughs) Mop the ice. (laughs) Now, when did you first see Miracle and what were your first impressions? I actually saw it around 2004, 2005. I remember I was in high school and we owned it on DVD. It was a Disney DVD, but I watched it with my mom and I watched it with, uh, I think, my dad at that time, too. So, yeah, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, I was I was hooked from the get go and I, I watch it, you know, once every couple of years um, just to get motivated again. It's 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 really good. It's one of the, the better sports films that I've seen. And I just I get super motivated every time Herb talks when I mean, he yells at him. He's, he's kind of an asshole. But at the same time, I'm like, man, this is just so well made. And <laughs> I can't be super upset with him because I know what happens. So, um, yeah, I, I really enjoy the hell out of it. What about you? Yeah. Uh, yes, I saw it around that time too, probably 2005. Um, but yeah, I enjoy it. I mean, did you see it in theaters? No, no, I was, uh, I was a very busy man in 2004. (laughs) Can't even lie, man. I was a workaholic in 2004. Uh, but, uh, prior to the film, did you have previous knowledge of the 1980 winter games and its significance to the U S defeating the Soviet union? So I did not because I wasn't born yet, but um, I just didn't know about it pretty much at all. And so it was one of those situations that it was cool to hear that it was a true story. Um, I think I probably would have appreciated it even more if I lived through it. Um, I, I do remember having a conversation with somebody who was of significant age when when it occurred and they just kind of said how how accurately like Miracle reflected the the feel of everything going on and just kind of reliving that whole sports moment. So pretty, pretty awesome stuff there. Um, but no, I didn't, I didn't know it was very significant. I knew everything, you know, in the eighties was about the cold war. I mean, Rocky ended the cold war, so he has that going for him, but, <laughs> but no, I was uh, very unfamiliar with it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, it is cool when you get to live a, a fun event like that. Uh, I mean, I remember when, like in 1999, when the uh, the FIFA, oh, when the women won the, um, the World Cup. Yeah. And that was so cool, man. I, I just remember everyone was just, like, nothing was on TV, but everyone got just, like, wrapped up in in soccer for, like, the summer. <laughs> it was, was really that, strange. 
was that Brandy great. Chastain when she like took her her shirt off after shirt she off, scored, yeah. and everyone was like, "Yeah!" So like, was, whoa, this is yeah. crazy, and she's on the cover of all the magazines. <laughs> her like, boobies are out. This is smut. <laughs> Turn this off. I don't get this, it. This harlot on this magazine. <laughs> yeah, what so. is going on? Yeah, well, and the same thing in 2010 when the uh, U.S. men's team, uh, who they defeat, like, I can't remember who, but anyways, uh, Nambia or something like that, and we uh, we won that game, and just, like, last minute, it was incredible, trailing, like, 2-1 to one or something like that. So that was pretty awesome. It was the Landon Donovan goal, but I, I really enjoy big sports moments like that. There was no real significance in, in that certain sense because it was men's soccer, but the the U.S. women's soccer team won four years ago, right? And they've just been dominant ever since, pretty much. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy, crazy, crazy. So her, yeah, I didn't, I wasn't aware either. I mean, I was born in 1980. Um, but, you know, this is the winter. So technically, I wasn't even alive yet. <laughs> Summer, maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was all news to me. I, I, I had no idea. I was like, whoa, that's cool. I thought, like, Placid's that movie with that. What the giant the alligator dial slash alligator <laughs> yeah. thing? <laughs> oh my god! I know that's what I thought about too. <laughs> yeah. Go in that water; it's dangerous. <laughs> so that yeah, was all news to me. I was like, "Whoa, that's crazy." Um, but Herb Brooks, you know, he's a legend. Uh, while the film did lighten him up a bit, he brought a lot of intensity to the ice. Obviously, it worked out for Team USA. But after watching the scene where the players are forced to skate up and down the ice over and over and over again with the whistle blowing and Herb saying again. To the exhausted players, I ask, do you approve of his coaching methods and could you play for a coach like Herb? I, it's not fair for me to criticize someone for their coaching methods, especially since it worked and he he delivered on everything he needed to deliver. You know, he, he wanted to be different, train different, all that kind of stuff in the heat of it. Yeah, that would suck. It would be really, really hard. But at the same time. There were a lot of people who probably would have done anything to to be on that team. And so he needed to make sure that they were mentally tough as well as uh, physically conditioned. And he even said that he's like, I can't promise you we're going to be the best team out there, but I can promise you we're going to be the best conditioned team. So, <clears throat> I mean, I don't know what his result was, because I guess the true story was, you know, Michael Ruzioni never said, I play for the United States of America, but it was uh, Mark Johnson who broke his stick on the glass that ended it. So. I'm wondering how many Herbies they actually did, how that actually went down. We hear about this kind of stuff in, in sports history where like the, 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 the dream team, right? Like the 92 dream team and stuff. They were or 94 or whatever. They were one of the greatest teams ever assembled, right? Any superstar, um, most Hall of Famers were on that team and they had a secret game that, you know, wasn't filmed or anything. It was during practice. And they said that that was like the hardest that any of them have ever played because they were going against the best, you know, like people going against Michael Jordan and, and Charles Barkley and Larry Bird and all this stuff. And you feel like you have to constantly uh, raise the bar. And so I think it's stuff like that that can help motivate. So I think Herb, in, in that sense, it's an, it's necessary that he's doing this. But I mean, even Craig and Doc were like, you know, this is this is not safe. These guys, I don't know how many blue lines they did or whatever, but uh, it, yeah, I guess in the end it worked. <laughs> sure. So I was going to ask, uh, but I took I, I, I backspaced it out. But since you mentioned it, I'm going to go ahead and ask if you were in this scene, who would you be? Would you be a Craig and Do Craig or Doc or would you be a Herb? Ooh, 
I'd probably be a Craig, <laughs> just because I'm more I'm more sympathetic, and I've been like, and you keep a whistle with you everywhere you go. Yeah, just in case I'm like, not safe, not safe. <laughs> but um, I, I would, yeah, I would probably be like, hey, this is a lot, man. You know, the human body can only do so much. I mean, but I I do go back to what Doc said in it. He goes, well, maybe if they hate Herb, they'll spend less time hating each other. And mm-hmm. so I, I thought that that was really neat. And that's been done in other sports films. But I'd yeah, probably so, be Craig. So Dave and I were talking about this. And it's interesting because, you know, Herb is definitely, you know, uh, he gets his players angry and they're upset and they yell at him and he yells at them. But then you have someone like Phil Jackson, who's all about positive coaching and 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 finding out how to to inspire these people in positive ways and, and, and coach them in a way that they can understand and relate to. And so uh, there's two very different schools of thought there. And, you know, Bill Jackson's got like 11 NBA championships. <laughs> I'd say he's pretty good. <laughs> he's, he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, between like the Bulls and the Lakers, that's a, that's a, that's a big deal. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So it just kind of got me thinking, you know, who are some other legendary coaches that perhaps you admire? Well, definitely Phil Jackson, and he was he was one of the first ones that came to mind. It's it's too hard. I mean, the fact that yeah, he goes from a dynasty of the Bulls to Los Angeles and does the same thing again. Right. You're like, holy shit! He's good at what he does. <laughs> He's pretty good. So I I agree. I think I'm a fan of positive reinforcement, but I do think it's nice to get a kick in the ass every once in a while to to kind of uh, bring you back down to earth because it can't be all sunshine and rainbows. But I mean, maybe it works. So you know, some of the coaches I think about are like Greg Popovich who just he what he what he did with San Antonio was was awesome. And he just seems like such an intellectual and fantastic coach. And I, I love him. Mike Krzyzewski at Duke clearly has a, a, a what, what 30 year dynasty there. He stepped down, I think, this year or I'm sorry, from the uh, U.S. men's team. And then uh, Nick Saban at uh, Alabama, most winningest college football coach of all time. Bill Belichick in the NFL, same kind of thing. I mean. He mumbles a lot, but it's it's hard to argue that he, he he's a very, very good coach. Pat Summit from Tennessee. She's like, again, also one of the most winningest uh, basketball coaches of all time, man or woman. And then Lenny Wilkins uh, from Seattle. He he brought the first championship. Well, first real championship to to Seattle with the 76 Sonics. And he has a street named uh, after him up here in Seattle, right by the stadium. So. Those are some of uh, the ones that I can think of for sure. But yeah. they, there are different coaching styles. Um, I can't really think of any coaches that yell a lot nowadays. McNulty and Blue Chips. He yells quite <laughs> He's a bit. He's talking like this, though. He's got gravel in his, in his throat. <laughs> the opening scene in that movie is so funny because he keeps coming back and yelling at him. Then he leaves and he comes back and yells some more. Then he <laughs> <laughs> he leaves. Yeah. It's like three minutes of him just coming back and forth. And it's really funny. It's a young Shaquille O'Neal in that film. Yeah. He is the blue chip. So. He was still a big dude. He is. He is Mr. Chip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of them big chips that, that was unbroken in the yeah. back. Yeah. yeah. Can you think of any other coaches? Uh, you know, I haven't really put much thought into it. Uh, Phil Jackson's probably like the number one for me. Yeah. Um, I just think that, that dude is just a, a freaking marvel. genius. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, like I, I don't know, man. It's just like whoa, because I mean, you figure the, some of the best athletes in the world have have been coached by him, and he was able to find success with them. Even it's someone insane. like like Rodman, you know, like 
a crazy dude that's just a loose cannon. You know, he was able to get championships out of him, and that's mm-hmm. that's that's great. So, and I mean, I appreciated him more after watching The Last Dance. Just oh, one hundred percent. How it's it's probably the best sports documentary I've ever seen, and I, I the production value of it. And anyways, um. He I just respected the hell out of him when, you know, he told his team straight up. He's like, yeah, this is going to be it for us. Like, we, let's go out on a bang sort of thing. And I'm like, that is fucking awesome. If, especially yeah. if you have a coach that has led you to the promised land that you put all your trust and faith into. You're like, yeah, <laughs> we're going to do this for you. We'll ride We'll ride into the sunset with you. Yeah, no, he's great. And I like how he's even like 80 feet tall when he's sitting in a chair. Yeah, he's really <laughs> tall. Yeah, he's he's it's very giant. tall. I know he's he's very, very tall. I was trying to think of a baseball coach, but I don't I can't think of like a baseball coach that has been one that I'm I mean, I, there's a lot that I like, like um, uh, I don't even know. Tony La Russa is he, he's won a ton and he did a lot for the teams. I think, uh, you know, St. Louis was where he really kind of turned everything around and made them a powerhouse. But there I can't really think of any other coaches that I respect the hell out of right now in baseball. It, it's, a, it's a revolving door quite a bit there. Okay. So that's yeah. fair. Don't sweat it. So how do you rate Kurt Russell's performance? And what are some of your favorite Kurt Russell films? Ooh. Uh, I mean, this was his movie, in my opinion. I think the movie was about Herb Brooks and he did a very, very good job. Like I said, I, I would have run through a wall for him just with some of the stuff that he said and some of the things he did. And I liked how in control and in command he was with everything. I've always wanted to be good at speeches and I know it's a movie, but I really don't think it's that far off from what he, you know, how he was. Um, he just seemed poised. He seemed smart. He seemed like he had the answers to the questions and he, he seemed like he cared deep down inside. But I thought that this was, was, was really a great performance by Kurt Russell. Um, in terms of like other favorite Kurt Russell films, I mean, the thing is like one of my favorite movies of all time. So it's hard to beat McCready. And then The Hateful Eight, obviously, because he has an amazing mustache and he's just <laughs> so goddamn good in that movie. Um, Tombstone, same kind of thing. When he says, you tell him I'm coming, I'm bringing hell with me. And hell's coming with That's me. That's what here. it is. Yeah. And hell's coming to Frogtown, see? Oh, and he's <laughs> like, you're going to do something or just stand there and bleed? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty crazy stuff. And then when he just takes on that whole group of guys by himself, it's like, no, no, no. no. Just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Backdraft is another good one that I actually really liked him into. And uh, it's been a while since I've seen that. We go. Yeah. I enjoyed the hell out of that one. Yeah. Where he's hanging on to him the entire time. Yeah. He doesn't wear a helmet or no, he Mm -hmm. doesn't wear a face mask and he's just got a, he's got an axe. Yeah. Bull something. Something Bull Russell. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There you go. But he's, he's great, man. I really enjoy the hell out of him. So what about you? I know you have some favorite performances. (laughs) Yeah, I do. I mean, Big Trouble in Little China. Jack Burton's one of my favorites. Captain Ron for crying out loud. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. So (laughs) fucking funny when he's like taking a nap and he puts his eye patch on his good eye. (laughs) It just looks like he's dead because he's got like this glass eye thing happening. Oh my god, that's so funny. And to watch out for the gorillas, boss. There's no gorillas. Oh my god, (laughs) you said gorilla, not gorilla. Oh fuck, I love that movie. Um, and pretty much everyone you mentioned, Tombstone for sure. Uh, this one miracles pretty great as far as performances go. Um, he's he's just uh, he's great. Love him, and I like how Tarantino's been using him a lot. Yeah, it's fantastic. Even that little cameo that he has in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. 
I think he's he, like a friend he of his narrate wife. Narrate a little bit too. In, yeah. In Once Upon a Time, or he narrates mm-hmm. in something. But yeah, he's he does use him quite a bit since mm-hmm. uh, ever since, since Death, Death Proof. Proof. Yeah. yeah. And I think I feel like he was going to play uh, in Django. I think he was going to play like the Colonel Sanders looking dude. Um, What's the guy's name? Don Johnson's character? Yeah, Don Johnson's character. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I thought he was going to play him, but Big he Daddy? was like, he's like, I don't think I can do that. Oh. Because <laughs> the character's just a pretty racist. I mean, but in Hateful no, Eight, know, he says the character. N-word quite I, a bit. He does. He says it like twice, yeah. Mm. But I think, I just think that there was something with the role that he didn't like. Mm. And he's just like, he appreciated it, but he just like, eh, I don't think I can do that. So mm-hmm. he was like, uh, pass. Oh, okay. But, Fair enough. Uh, at least I, I thought I remember reading that. I could be misremembering. It happens. Mm. I'm I am not uh, sleeping well these days. So it's all the it's all Perhaps. the steroids you take from baseball. That's yeah. what so Roger Clemens said. He yeah. misremembered things, and I'm like, hey, exactly. all the steroids. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. You shoot the needle right into your genitalia. I just take pills, man. Oh. <laughs> I got them from Pedro around the corner. So <laughs> to chew it. Yeah. Wasn't that funny how in movies they always chew pills? I've never chewed a pill in my life. <laughs> I chewed like children's Tylenol. It tasted like shit. So yeah, no, I've I only ever swallow pills. You're right like, though. They it's do chew so pills. weird. They chew them. Maybe they're yeah. smarties. <laughs> they switch them up for smarties. <laughs> like like uh, John McClane, he's always chewing on aspirin and stuff. Oh yeah, like, he does what? do that. They had chewable aspirin, but ew. Yeah, that's gross. Why, just swallow it. That's disgusting. <laughs> I do suppository better faster <laughs> tough acting connected boom uh where was i going with this oh yeah so we definitely got our fill of hockey in this film the final match is actually 22 minutes of screen time director gavin o'connor wanted a cast where hockey came first and acting came second did this translate well for you on screen and secondly can you think of any other sports films where so much time was spent in a single match on the field court ring or otherwise I absolutely loved it that they were hockey players first because you could you could get big name actors and stuff and then do some movie magic and kind of show them pretending like they're skating, but use a double. And in in a lot of these scenes, you know, it's actually them skating. You can see all these players actually skating and it kept up with the pace. And Gavin O'Connor does such an awesome job with directing these scenes. I mean, like in Warrior, we both love that movie. And the battles that they have in it at, at the Sparta tournament um, are freaking awesome. And you really feel this like visceral kind of realness with it. And so that final because the entire film, you know, obviously is building up until that final game or the 22 Which, minute yeah, game. I was gonna, it was like it, it isn't even the final game. <laughs> it's That's not the, the final. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But the first game, you know, against the Soviets yeah. and anyhow it, like when they're they go in the locker room you know he's not letting the the olympic committee guys in because they're just gonna uh, screw with their heads probably but everyone's quiet all, everyone's nervous you can just see the look on their faces and i am a hundred percent sold at that point and just it picks up rizzo goes on the ice and starts skating around and i am like holy buckets you know this is gonna be awesome i was there with my popcorn and ready to go so I, I think it was it was so cool. I didn't realize it was 22 minutes. Honestly, it could have been like two minutes for all for all I know. So I, I had a fun time with that. And it yeah, using using actual athletes was was very, very clutch. And then I'm sorry, you I, said I think, I think he does a really good job too of showing how fast they're skating. There's I know so many shots where it shows like 
like their actual skates and then mm-hmm. it shows them just cruising down the ice yeah. like lightning. I think that's really effective. And then, you know, chasing after the puck and seeing how fast they're moving and then the hits. Yeah. Everything about it just felt like I was watching a, an honest to goodness hockey game, which I thought was really great. Even the line changes, the yeah. sound from people pounding on the glass, mm-hmm. uh, the cheers, everything about it. You mentioned Warrior and even the sound of just like when they hit the fence in I the, know. you know, when they hit the octagon and stuff, like you hear the chain link fence kind of noises and it just sort of brings a realness to it. Like it makes yeah. it more authenticious <laughs> <laughs> for all you town fans out there. Uh, so yeah. And the next question was, I'm sorry, it was, um, can you think of any other sports films where so much time was spent in a single match on the Ooh. field court ring or otherwise? Um, this one was a bit harder because a lot of the, well, I, I guess I have some different sports for it, but Creed is like the first one that comes to mind because it has that basically that that one that one shot of or that one take of the um, the boxing match when he fights. Um, yeah, it's like Leo two rounds. Though. Yeah, it's incredible. It's so cool. And I was just absolutely hooked. I mean, I love that movie, but I was I was so hooked at that point, And I'm just like, oh, my God, this is incredible. So that was awesome. Just the fighting in general in any Rocky film is is great right but creed really just amps it up and even in creed 2 uh, friday night lights i really love the championship game the state championship game uh, i remember reading the book and i was excited and then what, seeing the movie i was just sold uh, the movie rush when the final race that's in the rain and stuff like when um james wins and nikki comes back and stuff and he kind of lets up i thought that, that was really great or no nikki quits the the fighter the title fight at the end when Dickie tells him, he's like, I had my chance and now, now this is yours, right? That was awesome. Hoosiers uh, going to the, the final uh, the state championship. I think that was really awesome too. And then a league of their own. I was very, very sold in a league of their own uh, at the, I guess, again, the championship game for the, the world series basically. But I wanted uh I think I still think Dottie let 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 the ball fall out of her hands. I don't think she uh, she actually <laughs> stopped Kit. So, but it was still a really fun game to watch, even though you know we saw bits and pieces of it. Yeah, I don't know how much time is actually spent in that final game, though. I think it's relatively short. I know. Th- so it's it was hard because I was thinking of sports films that they spend a lot of time there's in, not that many i there mean aren't a lot that of them many. a lot in, of them are under like 15 minutes yeah 22 is a long time it's, it's a really long time and that's why i was like i don't know Moneyball. um they don't spend much time showing baseball it's everything behind the scenes mm-hmm. and then um in rocky actually it's the same kind of thing there's only like maybe 10 minutes of actual boxing time in that movie yeah they ran they ran out of time and money so they're like well let's just it's like round one round two round 15 all right here we go <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Did you guys see those other rounds they were nuts i can't believe this stallion's holding up here yeah, so, that's crazy yeah but i mean i would even argue that rocky is not a boxing movie it's a movie about a boxer right so it's a character it's, piece. he's a punchy you know <laughs> i can't think of things so. <laughs> keep ringing that bell i can't concentrate <laughs> But uh, yeah, I, I guess next time I watch a sports movie, I'm gonna have to start timing it. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. I mean, it's just something to think about because it's you know, uh, miracles is you know over two hours, like two hours and seven minutes or something like that. And to have a lot of this movie takes place on the ice, and uh, mm-hmm. that final final bit, you know, 22 minutes of a game, you know, that's that's like more than a period basically of hockey. So you're just like, 
shit, this is a long game. Man, yeah, and the final 10 minutes, you know how they, they kind of speed it up, but like you're so excited because fucking Jim Craig just goes on a tear and is blocking everything. everything. And you're like, oh my God, it's like stick save, glove save. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> so like I wasn't there, you know, but but like I felt like I was there vicariously just by watching this. And and so you asked that earlier, you know, do you know the history of it? Like, no, but I mean, like, I wish I could have lived it. And I, I, I did through these fans because how amazing would that be where you're just like pounding on the glass with 10, se- 10 minutes left and you're so excited and all this shit's going on. And that's why I love sports, man. Just how excited everyone gets around you. Mm-hmm. And this movie is different, too, because they're not. They're not getting a goal at the the final second. It's yeah. defending their lead exactly. for the final ten minutes. Or whatever. So yeah, it's, it's it's a little bit different to where you're just like, oh my gosh, it's the longest game of my life. <laughs> it's long. <laughs> yeah, it's and it's so nerve wracking. And that's the thing. The cool thing about hockey, you know, is is yeah, you can be down four to two, but you can score two very quick goals, and then it's like boom, we're back in this sort of thing. So right. yeah, it's, I mean, we saw that yesterday or last Sunday with uh, the the. Chiefs and, the and Bills. Bills. Yeah. Yeah. The final Incredible. two minutes, it was like 800 points were scored in the last two minutes of the game. I couldn't like, believe Christ. that. Yeah. The Bills go for it on like fourth and like six and they score a touchdown. I'm like, what is going on right yeah. now? 13 seconds left and then oh Kansas my God. City scores from them. I'm and like, it was oh a broken God, play too. Kelsey, I just, oh man, what a, what a crazy game. There were fans that were leaving with 13 seconds left. Chief fans that were leaving with 13 seconds left. Yeah, and the that. announcer who I was listening to, they're like, Man, they're gonna feel really weird if the Chiefs come back. <laughs> and sure as shit. <laughs> so, yeah. It's like two plays later. Oh man. Yeah. So Crazy. but that's why I love sports is 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 because of all of that kind of stuff. So I'm glad that he left the twenty two minutes in there. But that it that's yeah, when I read that question, I'm like, holy shit, I didn't realize that. That's uh that's pretty pretty amazing. I was looking at my watch the entire movie. I was like, <laughs> yeah, you were like Doc doing 30 to 45 <laughs> second splits. I, just, I got my little stopwatch app on yeah, my phone. You <laughs> Switch it up. <laughs> yeah. You know, I got it looking like an old stopwatch, though, so that helps. <laughs> You're vintage. See? Yeah. yeah, easy peasy. So Herb says, I'm not looking for the best players. I'm looking for the right ones. Now, you're a sports guy. You've had to deal with your favorite teams, trading players, drafting players, signing some athletes that you just can't wrap your head around. Can you think of a time where you felt like Craig and thought that what the hell is the management thinking? You know, what is going on? But we're proven wrong. Um, I was thinking about this, so I hope you have some answers for it, too. But I mean, in, in terms of locally, I would say like when the Seahawks drafted Russell Wilson, and a lot of people are like, what? Like, we have Matt Flynn. Why do we draft Russell Wilson? Like, he's a short guy. He's five foot nothing, 100 pounds nothing. You know, he's not going to do anything. And then he's like the greatest quarterback Seattle's ever had. Um, and I do have it. They, there are head scratchers reverse of that, though, too, where you're like, oh, my God, they got this amazing talent. And then they come here and they just completely shit the bed, which seems to be a Seattle sports thing in general. But like Percy Harvin and Jimmy Graham, you're just like, oh, OK, well, that sucks because they didn't really do anything. But in terms of um, other so, other. So you've never really been like, oh, man, this guy sucks. Why are we get, why are we getting this guy? And then what um, were they thinking? And then, and then they changed their mind. That's never so happened in, I, in your it, 30 years of existence. It has. No, it definitely has. But I, I struggled with this one because I couldn't think of a specific player, probably because they're good now. And I'm like, oh, wow, they're so good. But yeah, I don't I can't remember anybody really. Um, but I, I do remember like in, in football. So. Uh, like Dak Prescott's a good example, right? He went to like Mississippi State and I think he was like a 
third or fourth rounder, maybe fifth. And he's crushing it for the Cowboys. I mean, he's one of the top tier quarterbacks in the NFL. He's kind of he falls off here and there. But same thing with like Mahomes. He went to Texas Tech and the Chiefs drafting him was huge. Um, who would have seen how amazing that guy is? So there's there's a lot of misses you can have. I mean, Josh Allen, too. That's another good example. But I, I'm sure there are some, especially Mariners, uh, that I'm like, oh, wow, they did really well, even though I was undersold. But it's probably the other way around where they come here. You're like, yeah, they're going to do great. And then they shit the bed. So right. do you know any that uh, off the top of your head? So I when in NASCAR in particular, you know, I used to be a real big motorsports fan. And I remember when Jimmy Johnson was coming up the ranks and he didn't do all that great in uh, the lower series, in the, the Bush series. And I was, I remember, and he was kind of at the same time as Ryan Newman, who was just tearing it up. And then all of a sudden they both go to the cup series with the big boys. And I'm just like, man, Jimmy Johnson get rolled over. And he was racing for, for um, Hendrick motorsports. And then the dude just becomes the greatest fucking NASCAR. Driver yeah. Of, like all time. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> So like, I mean, I I was proven wrong very early, but I remember just thinking like, man, I don't know if this guy is ready and, you know, if he can handle it. And sure enough, dude, I mean, I met him his rookie year at California Speedway. I got his autograph. It was really cool because he was a California kid, you know, from El Cajon. So it was really cool to meet him and everything. And I wished him all the best. But I just remember thinking like, man, this guy is just going to get fucking lapped. And um not only did did he win that fucking race, but he went on to be, you know, he got five championships in a row. And I'm just like, well, fuck me. This guy's just amazing, right? <laughs> you know, he, he won. I think the man won like 93 races mm-hmm. um, in, in 93 cup races, which is a big deal. I mean, that's like that's like, um, you know, one of the top drivers like of all time kind of thing. Actually, 83. He has 83 wins. Just looked it up. Um, and that's that's incredible. He I think the the best example I can probably think of would be like a Tom Brady who after, you know, Drew Bledsoe gets hurt. You're like this backup guy. He's I don't know, Michigan Wolverine. He's kind of like scrawny. We'll see what happens. He doesn't he's not really mobile. And then he becomes the greatest quarterback of all time. So it's like sucks to be wrong, but it's also kind of nice at the same time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the dude's the dude's a fucking stud, man. That guy insane. is just like the great. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, Jimmy Johnson is like the best driver. But and that's probably going to upset people by saying that. But I'm the guy's fucking the man. Yeah, <laughs> that's all there is to it. Who would I, be, I, who would be better than Jimmy? I mean, people could argue like Gordon, Jeff Gordon, or you know, like I was always a Tony Stewart fan. Yeah, um, the but bad I mean, boy of racing. The, the, <laughs> he's such a fucking crybaby too, though. Yeah, he guy. is. God, it just drives me. I used to shake my head and just like be embarrassed when he got so upset. <laughs> I'm just like, dude, you're like five foot something. You just just chill out. You go back to okay. the home. Go back to the Home Depot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I fucking love Tony Stewart, and he's just such a fucking crybaby. And I don't know, it just bugs <laughs> me. But I, honestly, I think I think I just, I just honestly, in my heart of hearts, believe that that Jimmy Johnson was the best. And I didn't believe that when he came up. I was like, oh man, this guy is just totally gonna get destroyed. And I was so happy to be proven wrong. I don't know much about uh, racing, but I do know that Jimmy Johnson's like one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, you so. know his fucking name. You don't exactly. know anything about NASCAR, but you know Jimmy Johnson's amazing, right? That's a big deal, right? I mean, yeah. obviously, you know, you're going to know your Dale Earnhardt's and your Jeff Gordon's and uh, things like that. But I mean, the guy's a fucking beast mode. So. Yeah, so he's a human cheat code. 
Yeah, pretty much. He's like, James Genie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that guy's that guy's awesome. Um, so that's all I have to say about that. But I was definitely uh, shocked and excited with with that man. Um, but as far as like baseball or basketball, no, I, I, I don't really have a horse in those races. So yeah, and like I'm, I'm sure, I, you know, like I said, I'm sure I'm gonna think of them later and be like, oh damn it, I just was completely blocked. My brain was blocked. So no, it's all good. You can do house cleaning next week. It's blockage. <laughs> yeah. So, no, I totally get it. Um, but there's a line at the end of the movie where he says, where Herb says, I've often been asked in the years since Lake Placid, what was the best moment for me? Well, he, it was here. The sight of 20 young men of such different backgrounds now standing as one young man willing to sacrifice so much themselves, all for an unknown a few years later, the U.S. began using professional athletes at the games, dream teams. I always found that term ironic because now that we have dream teams, we seldom ever get to dream. What are your thoughts on professionals competing in the Olympics? Is that a yay or a nay and why? Well, I mean, I think I think it's fine. I'm not I'm not super upset with it um, by any stretch, but um, I guess I don't I mean, really have a dog sports- in the fight. What sports still use professionals in the Olympics? Uh, basketball still uses professionals. There are some am- amateurs, but um, I think there was like a, a situation with uh, NCAA probably had regulations or something like that. I, I don't know, though. But uh, yeah, basketball does for sure. Um, and so that's kind of cool because then, you know, you get to go to um, uh, you, get, you get to win an Olympic gold medal. And I mean, for some players, it's like, hey, they may never win an NBA championship, but winning an Olympic gold medal is like a dream anyone can do. And the reason we're doing this episode, you know, is because the Olympics start very, very soon, the Winter Olympics. So um, I think that one's a little different. So hockey, do they use professionals too, right, for the for the men's and women's hockey team? I think they do. I don't know. I'm not I'm not super, super well versed on the in the Olympics. But there is something to be said, though, about that, too. Like I talked about the 92 Dream Team before. And when are you ever going to get to see Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, John Stockton, Magic Johnson, uh, Larry Bird, Patrick Ewing? When are you going to see all of them on the court at the same time, just dominating people? Now, probably never. <laughs> right. But let's go back in, into the into the right, time machine, right? Yeah. And and see. So, I mean, you maybe look at it now and let's say there were players who actually wanted to play um, for the Olympic team. So you got like your LeBrons and your Russell Westbrooks and your Joel Beads and your well, I guess there's some of them that aren't um, uh, like uh, Giannis is, is is Greek, so he'd play for the Greece team. But <laughs> but then some other, you know, Kevin Durant's and stuff. And uh, a lot of them do play on there. But how cool is it to see them? And I mean, I remember hearing stories about or reading stories about teams that would just get obliterated by the 92 Dream Team and they would be like asking for autographs after the game. So <laughs> it's, right. it's, it's yeah, pretty I can cool. Imagine. Like, yeah. hey, Mr. Jordan, thank you for kicking <laughs> yeah. my ass on the court, but can I, you want to sign yeah. my jersey for me? That'd be amazing. Yeah, it's just like, uh, can I, I've been, I've been I, I styled my game around you. That's, this is why I became a basketball player. So, yeah, I think, I think that'd be cool. But I think this kind of goes um, back to your question about, uh, you know, the right players on the team. Um, if it works, it works, I guess. So if mm-hmm. if if you need to stick with amateurs, then do it. I don't know. The, but again, I don't know the reason why they can't use amateurs. amateurs. Yes. I don't know the reason why they can't use amateurs in, um, in I think the Olympics. The rules change. So t- today, professional athletes are allowed to compete in Olympic Games alongside their amateur counterparts. However, two sports continue to resist the onset of professionalism in the Olympics. These are wrestling and boxing. 
So Triple H can't go out there. I was going to say professional wrestler. All of a sudden the glass breaks and then the the Russian wrestler is like, shit. Time to play the game. Yeah. They think I'm cute. They know I'm sexy. Yeah. There you go. Your fucking favorite wrestler. Oh, I don't think that is accurate. I can accept that he is amazing, but he's not my favorite. It's true. I will I will concede to him being amazing, but he is not my favorite. But that would that would be interesting. So it so wrestling and what was the other one that can't do it? Boxing. Oh. So you oh. go usually a lot. Well, I don't want to say a lot of times, but there have been gold medalists that would go on to pursue a professional career after the Olympics. Okay, so that like would Oscar make De La more Hoya, sense, for example. Right. Yeah. That would make more sense then. That'd be your your jumping point. Yeah, like I'm the best in the amateurs, and then I go in to play against the big boys, and then you get destroyed. <laughs> but I mean, an argument could be made. You know, if this is if this is you know the opening of the movie Troy, and I say bring out your best athlete, you know, you're gonna bring out your Brad Pitt <laughs> to fight. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. So I mean, are you are you really seeing the best represent, or are you seeing the best amateur represent? That's a good point. That's true. And I I love the Olympics because I love to watch. Yeah, seeing the best of the best, right? So this is Sean White's last Olympic Games. And the dude has been uh, snowboarding since he's been like, Dews, 16. Yeah, drinking Mountain Dews, baby. He's been been multi-gold medalist, you know, team captain for, for a decade, basically. And this will be really cool to see him send off. But if he still goes out like Tom Brady and just fucking dominates again, I'm going to be so excited. And like, he's the cream of the crop for, for what it is. So I want to see the highest uh, athletic potential I can see. And without going too much on a tangent, since it's, it's more topical, like so recently, you know, they, they voted players into the baseball hall of fame and Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens are excluded now because their five year uh, window is up. They can still get in from, the uh, tomorrow's uh, game hall, hall of fame group or something like that. Anyhow, the thing that bugs me about people talking about Barry Bonds and the steroids shit is, well, one, he never got caught Two, It was in a time when pretty much everyone was taking steroids and three baseball history should encompass all of history. Even if, even if it's something like this, the dude, has like the most home runs of all time and like the most hits of all time or something crazy. And and they intentionally walk in with the bases loaded. <laughs> like, like there's no doubt about it. So we just talked about Jimmy Johnson, right? There's no, I, I, you could go anywhere and say, Hey, do you know who Barry Bonds is? And they go, yeah. And if they were our age or however old, they'd be like, yeah, I remember watching every game. It would cut to like, you'd be watching the news and it'd be like, Hey, we're going to take you live to San Francisco where Barry Bonds is chasing the record. And he hits it, hits it into the bay. It was absolutely insane. And so for me, you know, when I watch sports, I want to see the best of the best. And I want to see the Chiefs versus Bills game. Every, every every freaking NFL game should be like that. So that's why that's why I like the Olympics. And so a long way to answer your question is I think I'm OK with uh, professionals being um, in the sport. Mm-hmm. In the event. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to have a gladiator and a champion, don't you want the best? Yeah, the best of the best of the best, sir, with honors. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Okay, so the last sentence to finish off that previous quote reads, but on one weekend as America and the world watched, a group of remarkable young men gave the nation what it needed most, a chance for one night not only to dream, but a chance once again to believe. 
What does Herb mean there? Believe in what? Aliens? <laughs> UFOs? What is he talking about? The aliens came and impregnated Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Johnny Redcorn was asleep on the uh, the sofa. Yep. So true story. Um, yeah, exactly. So I think it's to believe in your country. I mean, I think that the Olympics are about patriotism. You know, we can come together, we can set aside our differences, and really just root on our country. And I think during this time, there was you know the Cold War, so there was all this stuff going on, and we wanted to keep thinking of how good our country was. We had the gas crisis, you had a whole bunch of other shit going on, and so. I think it's important to love your country and 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 go with it, right? Um, know that they mess up, know that they do stupid things, but just to believe in your country. So I think that's what it comes down to, and that's why, like, I get excited, like the Summer Olympics, right? They have uh, professional, they have speed walking events, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm like go USA sort of thing. So right, like, we there's always the medal count, like that's why you know. Uh, Peacock has like a metal count thing and you can just keep watching it and it's super weird and super cool. But yeah, it's that patriotism, man. Mm -hmm. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, the the whole beginning of the movie is showing a lot of uh, accomplishments and defeats for Mm -hmm. the United States. And there was a long run of bad things that were happening. There's a lot Uh, of it. It shows all like throughout the decades uh, you know, like Vietnam and and Nixon and the in the gas crisis you were talking about, no longer going to the moon. You know, that was a big deal, the space race, and then you know this this marvel of human accomplishment going to the moon, and we're not going to do that anymore. You know, it's kind of yeah. crazy. And so, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, absolutely. All right, that's fair. So, Miracle is one heck of an underdog story. Give me your top five underdog films. Ooh, something about the underdog that really inspires <laughs> the unexceptional. <laughs> oh, best line in all of The Office. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, so I would have to say, I don't know if I can give them a, in like a one, two, three, four, yeah, you five. you don't have to. Okay. You don't have to rank so them. So no, no uh, particular just, order, yeah. but I would definitely say Miracle. This is like the quintessential underdog story. Uh, Rocky, same thing. Like that is what. I don't want to say that it's what made the underdog story, but that's why that movie is so good is you root for the underdog. Same thing with Rudy. Rudy is also an underdog movie. Um, Hoosiers, again, fantastic underdog film. And this one was fun because it's underdog, but it's like a fun movie. Major League. I love it. Right. Bunch of misfits. Like you said, uh, you asked the question, (laughs) have you ever your expectations been exceeded? And we are all the Randy Quaid's at certain times. And then he flips his hat around and gets super excited because wild thing doesn't make his butt sting anymore. And I love major league. <laughs> I like in the, in the first one at the beginning when she's like, this is next season's roster. And she's like, this guy's dead. <laughs> like, yeah, we'll scratch funny. him off. Then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I really enjoy major league a lot too. He's like, these guys fucking suck. <laughs> They are still shitty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so those are my Miracle, Rocky, Rudy, Hoosiers, and Major League. Those are good. What about you? Decent. Uh, I wrote down a couple. Uh, Rocky, Rocky 2, Rocky 3, <laughs> Rocky 4. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, Rocky, Rudy, Dodgeball, for crying out loud. Oh, I forgot about Dodgeball. It's a good one. That is Go a good like one. like a sweet muffin. Uh, Creed. I love Creed so much. What? I love love Creed Creed so much. That's a good one. You are a false Creed. Uh, (laughs) Warrior. I love Warrior. I like fighting movies. It's weird. 
Um, Warrior is one of my faves, dude. I fucking love, I almost watched it the other day, but it's like two hours and ten minutes, and I yeah couldn't commit. <laughs> Are you in the core? Are you in the core? Yeah. He, ain't, he ain't my brother. <laughs> he ain't my brother. Yeah. <laughs> Tony, you came in sound like goddamn. Here's some coffee for you. <laughs> you can pour that coffee in that pot. I'll get my own damn coffee. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Uh, but yeah, those are the ones that I wrote down. Uh, I enjoy those quite a bit. And Miracle, Miracle's really good. I I feel like I watch it a couple times a year. So especially on Disney Plus, which is great. But I um I, I posted it on Twitter, and uh, on Twitter we got Stoltzken. He said Major League, Slapshot, and Hoosiers. I have not seen Slapshot. I know it's Paul Newman though, right? There are homophobic remarks in it that I don't think you will appreciate. Oof. Probably don't want to watch that then. And then um, he put Rocky's kind of the obvious one, so I'm excluding that, but it's definitely on the list. I mean, I, I still wouldn't exclude it. It's it literally yeah. on the on, on the poster. <laughs> it's, it's too underdog yeah, The poster, it says, it, it says something along the lines of like the tale of the true underdog or whatever. I mean, a million to one shot. His whole life was a million to one shot, so... And then Cool Runnings. Uh, this That's is what, a great uh, one. Geek Garage podcast says is Cool Runnings. But yes, yeah. um, do you see there's a Jamaican bobsled team this year? Mm-hmm. I, yeah, at the Winter Olympics. So I need to rewatch that film. But yeah, um, so our, buddy, our buddy David said that one. I watched that movie. I watch that movie pretty regularly, even just because. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it's just it's kind of my go to. It's 90 minutes. It's quick. And it's funny. I like the scene when he's psyching him up in the mirror. Like yeah, everybody I see says. Brian. Yeah, I, I see, see power. Yeah, I see a badass mother who don't take no crap off of nobody. <laughs> badass mother. And then he's like, "What do you see?" He's like, "I see pride, Junior." <laughs> <It's> like, oh. <laughs> it's really funny. I dig it. That's awesome. And then uh, Victor, uh, Vector Two, he says, "Whip it." And I actually like that movie um, with Elliot Page. It's uh, about roller derby. Um, yeah, I think Drew Barrymore directed it too. Yeah, and I think their last name's Cat. Isn't her name Cavender in that? Is it? Or his name now? Yeah. Elliot. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Might be Cavendish. You guys related? <laughs> no. Do you have a long line of roller derby? Uh, rink rats, I think is what they're called. <laughs> what is it called? Let's see. Elliot Page. Yeah. Bliss Cavender. Wow. But Cavendar. Oh. Cavender. I'm Lavender. I'm Cavender like Lavender, but with a C. And this is Cavendar. Oh, it's different. Like Cadaver. So. Like the drink, only spelled different. <laughs> Sip, spell different. Talk about a sad movie. Holy shit. That movie yeah. makes you cry every time. And Patricia Clarkson's also in that movie. Herb was really not nice to his wife. I didn't like that. She was just trying to support him, and he just was like, all right, Betty, give me some yeah. white bread. <laughs> so. I had I had a question about their relationship, and I think it, I mean... If I had to guess, I say I would say that they were on the kind side in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be a lot of strain on a relationship, and I don't think that they showed it as well as they could have. But maybe it's just better that way. Yeah, I think there's a problem in movies like this where the wife plays a stereotypical role of being like you work too much and trying to be a support system, but then doesn't really do much, and it's. And it bugs me because it's like, well, then why even have the wife in there if you're not going to give her agency? And it's going to be the same goddamn thing over and over again. Because he didn't change his ways. He wasn't, you know, he did. He it looked like he was getting to that point, but eh, I don't think it, it progressed the story much. Yeah. So there you have it. 
All cool. Right. Uh, any final thoughts and what is your letter grade? Yeah, like I said, we uh, wanted to do this one because of the Olympics. I'm getting excited. They start on February 8th, and uh, it will be really, really cool. So we will see what happens. But um, do you have a favorite Winter Olympic event at all? Uh, no, I don't. Mine would probably be snowboarding and just the half pipe. But um, I think hockey, obviously, is is a big one up there, too. And then curling is pretty fun. It's pretty fun to watch how intense it gets. I so. watched curling for like six hours once when I was in Jesus France. Jesus Christ. Yeah, there was nothing <laughs> on TV. And, uh, and I, I was, my nights and days were swapped. And mm-hmm. so I was sleeping during the day and up at night. And then like around two o'clock in the morning, there's not a whole lot to do <laughs> in, mm-hmm. in downtown Paris. And so I was watching the, uh, the curling there. But uh, yeah, I mean, I like speed skating. I think that's kind of cool. And they're swinging their arms around. It's weird that they don't look like they're going. They don't look like they're going fast. They look like they're going slow. But then they like get a different angle. You're like, holy shit, they're flying. (laughs) Yeah, just a little streak going by. I know. It's crazy. (laughs) Well, that's Uh, just like like NASCAR, though, too. NASCAR doesn't really look like they're going fast. But then you have like a ground level camera and you're like, whoa. Yeah. So uh, it's pro tip. If you ever go to a race, the higher up you sit, the better you can see just because they'll be moving slower to you. But if you're right by the fence, you're just going to see a streak of color fly right by your face. <laughs> and you're probably going to go deaf because it's so fucking loud. But really? If you're that close. Yeah. yeah. You're just going to hear, you know, you're just like, oh, my God, that was loud. And then the cars get so spaced out that every second, 43 cars are going <laughs> you know, one car every second. Uh, you're just going to be like, oh, my God, I can't take this noise. But if you're high up, it's no big deal at all. Well, then why even have seats that close? So you're in it. I don't know about all that. <laughs> People like to be in it. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, I, yeah, I always get the I get the highest seat I can when I buy tickets. But it's like a movie theater. Yeah. Um, and then you can just see the action, you know. And sometimes there's like obstructions, you know, there's like campers and shit in the middle of the infield. So you can't see the back of the track if you're too low. Mm-hmm. So that's another reason to be up high so you can see the whole track. So. I kind of thought about that for a hockey game. I mean, it would be fun to be up close, but at the same time, you wouldn't be able to see everything necessarily. And, and you, you do pretty good at a oh. hockey game. So I, well, I was on where the where the turn is on the glass, like right at the 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 oval part, and I saw a lot. And I thought it was pretty badass. But maybe if you're in the middle, then you're gonna have to try and like when you're sitting at a countertop with like a Denny's <laughs> with three of your friends and. <laughs> And you're having a conversation about one and not the other, then yeah. that's kind of the vibe you're going to get. <laughs> Michael, what did he just say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Doing this whole thing with the lean yeah. back and forth. No. Yeah, sure. But I, I really don't. I'm not really into Winter Olympics all that much. Um, aside from cool runnings, I don't really have a horse in that race. And then, like, uh, I guess I like the one where they, they do, like, the ski jump and they fly like really far that's insane because they look like they're just flying through the air and And then they not move a cartoon outline in the snow (laughs) (laughs) and then a sign pops up that says that hurt (laughs) yeah Yeah, stuff like that's fun but then they got like the the one where they're like cross-country skiing and then they shoot a gun that one's weird yeah (laughs) go catch a fish i don't know it's it's like a decathlon i don't know what it is (laughs) yeah I i don't get it it's so weird but, but it's, I'll, I'll watch yeah. like the, the figure skating and stuff. Um, 
I like to see like their fun little routines and what's amazing and Jazz Michael Michaels. Yeah. Stuff like that. But and you get to see more Tanya Hardings come out there and smash legs. Dude, I remember when that whole thing <laughs> yeah. went down. That was fucking nuts. <laughs> Sounded like something that was made up on like a, a soap opera or something like that. It You're really like, does. Yeah, I was in high school. <laughs> yeah. It was crazy. Oh, man. Actually, I take that back. I was in, I was in eighth grade because it's in the it's in February. Right. So mm-hmm. it would have been when was it? Ninety four, I guess. Uh, yes yeah um yeah so i was in eighth grade getting ready for the high school and that was crazy and then that's carrie of course one and she goes off to disney world or whatever but i remember when tanya harding like her lace had broken her skate and she like puts it up on the on the rail to show the judges like i can't skate with a broken lace mm-hmm. this is a problem well and they showed that they did that part really well in the movie i tanya and um i think margot robbie crushed it in that movie but yeah, then they obviously do. It's centered around the famous incident. Why, God, why? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's heartbreaking. It is. It really is. Someone trains their entire life for this, only to get a, get a little Tanya Harding to hire a Paul Walter Hauser to break her leg. Yeah, it's a little Jerry Springer, man. Like, it this really is. is. This is weird. Yeah, it really is. But, I'm always fascinated by stories like that, where it's yeah. just like, like, I'm going to hire this guy to do something, <laughs> and it's going to fail miserably. <laughs> oh, well, what did they expect to happen? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. Um, and I'm sorry, my letter grade, I forgot to give that. It's an A, easily, for this film. Easy. I absolutely love this movie. Like I said, I am hooked. There isn't much of, uh, there aren't really any down parts in it. So for me, I don't get bored at any moment. I'm just like, oh, my God, I love this so much. So, yeah, it's That's great. It's a good one. What about you? Yeah, I give it an A. It's good. I like it. It's a good movie. You should go see it. Yeah. I mean, someone I like hockey a lot. Uh, In the early 2000s, I was knee deep in hockey. I really liked it. I have since uh, faded from it. But Seattle having a team now is sort of giving me a resurgence. Uh, even though they're like the worst fucking team. We're pretty bad. (laughs) (laughs) We're pretty bad. Uh, Yeah, it's bad. Uh, But uh, it is not it's not my favorite sport, but it's definitely fun to watch in this movie. Yeah, absolutely. I, wish there were, I really wish there were more basketball movies, uh, but they're just, they're not there. Not yeah, I, haven't I would seen, I'd rather watch basketball movies. I haven't seen a good one in a while. I like Coach Carter, but that didn't focus as much on the basketball. So. Yeah. I know. And uh, I mean, I like baseball movies too. They're great. Baseball uh, stuff. <laughs> yeah. There's some, there's some really good baseball movies out there. Mm-hmm. But, um, and I would love for another racing movie. I know we have Ford v Ferrari, and we we did Rush uh, on this show. Um, it's just it's just really fun to watch motorsports. Oh, and I forgot my buddy Johnny. He said uh, "Necessary Roughness" as as one of the underdog stories. Oh, I okay. like that movie a lot. <laughs> With Sinbad, Sinbad plays a running yeah. back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's funny. It was ridiculous. And Scott Bakula, the replacements. I love the replacements. He's like, that's some deep, he's like, that's some deep shit, Shane. Some deep shit. Yeah. What are you afraid of? Quicksand. He's like, quicksand scares a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> the 1980s would lead you to believe that it's everywhere. Yeah. There's a lot of quicksand in 80s movies. I know. I just watched one. Never in story for crying there out loud. Oh, that's a horrible part. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. My buddy Josh says that uh, a horse just gives up. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> lost its will. He's like, eh. <sighs> now Swamp I'm sad. Sadness, I think it's called. Mm. Yeah, it's too bad. Oh, well, uh, but that's all I have for Miracle. Cool. You know what? How about you take us out? 
What? Yeah, I read that I, super long synopsis. I got I got cotton mouth. I needed to drink some some water there. But yeah, we gotta have the agua. <laughs> some ice water. I like I like room temperature ice. <laughs> I don't like the ice to be too cold. I, I like hot hottest, ice. I heat up the ice cubes. <laughs> <laughs> if it's too cold, I don't like it. Give me the give me the hot ice. If it comes on the side, I send it back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I want my ice to be 33 degrees. <laughs> there you go. Shit. Shit. Anyway, thank you for listening to another fun and festive episode of the Don't Be Crazy podcast. My goodness, this is episode 782 for those That's not right. Score. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah. We don't oh. have that many episodes. <laughs> Somewhere around there. 684. How about that? That's done. <laughs> And uh, it's been a blast. Remember to follow us on Twitter at DBCrazyPod. I am at EdgyArmo because I am an Edgy Arminion. Then you have Zach who is at ZachDale60. And you can share your thoughts about the podcast, how wrong we were, how I was duped into thinking that Ridley Scott wrote and directed the movie that we did last week. What was that called? The Last Duel? It was all lies. Sorry. That was my fault. That was my fault. I'm like Ron Burgundy and I read what's on the screen and I got... (laughs) <laughs> I got fired for it. It's terrible. But uh, yes, definitely tell us what you're thinking about the show, about the movie that we're doing. And uh, I know we get some some requests to do some movies just to make sure that they're streaming. It makes it a little bit easier for us and you to, to check them out. Um, and that's exciting stuff. So there you have it. Uh, be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts if you are brand new. Welcome. I hope you enjoy the, the back catalog. We got a lot of fun movies like your Starship Troopers and your Welcome to the Dollhouses. All the good ones. <laughs> all of your movies. It's <laughs> <laughs> all that matters. Uh, and if you like what you hear, go ahead and leave us a review. We really appreciate it. And we are receptive to the feedback. Not going to lie. Um, and also be sure to check out the other podcast that we have, which is the Geek Legacy Podcast. Very excited that it's coming back. I know I've been saying that for a while, but uh, we are all just living our own lives right now. <laughs> but it's coming. I promise. And that is with David, Randy, and myself. It's a lot of fun. It's a blast. And uh, you keep rocking and rolling, baby. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> you are the best. Don't be crazy. 